Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel and Lindsay. What is that behind you, Rachel? Audio or visual? Audio. I hear something in the background. Yeah, I'm at the airport in a emergency exit. That is the voice of who knows God. who at the airport. Yeah, the voice of God at the airport. Where are they telling you? They're telling you is this a gate change? No, they're telling me to pick, I guess, pick up your bags. Let me tell you what happened to me. I'm in Vegas right now. And when I was flying out to Vegas, it's a terrible flight. Very cramped. There was a dude who was profusely sweating. And he was carrying his daughter around by her arm. And I said, hey, bro, maybe you should stop carrying the kid by her arm. I don't know. And then as I said that to him, it looked like he started to sweat more. So I let that nigga have his space. I wasn't sure what was going on. You um, interfered with a parent-child relationship? Of a stranger? If you if I see you carrying the kid around by their arm, like he had the kid with by one arm over the back, I was like, hey, bro, you might be hurting her. And he, yeah, I, I can't. Yeah, I, I just yeah, I did. Like he's he he literally had the kid. The kid is the kid is whimpering. He's like, come on. And he he's bouncing. He's dislocating her shoulder. I'm like, yo, man, hey, bro. I think she's I think she's 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 about to think you're hurting her. Yeah, I got white for a second. Fuck it. You definitely he, did. I was going to say, what do you see when you see them spanking somebody in public? Oh, if I see you spanking your kid in public, I'll ask you not to do that around me. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, my God. I had no idea you had that in you. Well, here's the thing. If I see a nigga beating up his girl in public, should I do nothing? I guess I don't look at uh, a couple of pops as the same thing as uh, beating somebody up. That's what it is. I'm not against spanking. Yeah. So, wow. Uh, <laughs> I never knew this about you. It's, it's not that I'm. It's not, okay. it's not that I'm. It's not that I'm against spanking. You can spank your kids all you want. But okay. there's a point of the spanking where I'm gonna be like, "Yo, relax." I'm like, you, okay, look, you're absolutely you, right. And then you you're can tell right. me, you can tell me to stay out of it, and I'm gonna go. You know what? You're right. And then, and then I'm gonna go on about my business. But he you're looked right. like I had he a, looked, <laughs> looked like he was hurting her. I looked had like a he was hurting her too. That probably was a little much back in the day. They they hit me in the fe- face with the belt one time. Were you moving? Because you know how they used to be like, stay still. Because I used to move. I used to like fight back. Like hit my hand, try to grab the belt. I think I was moving, but at the same time, I can't I ever be sure that he oh. wasn't trying to hit me in the face with the belt. I'm not I sure think, I had a big let's, go, let's, let's go with moving. Let's go with moving. He, he, I don't know, man. I don't know. I remember I, sh- I would show the welt. Rest in peace, dad. I showed the welt in the face to him to try to like be like, you hurt me. And I remember he looked at me. He was he was eating a piece of cake. He was like, "I see you leaning Not your cheek over." Yeah, he was eating a piece of German chocolate cake. Because after I got whooped, I would always get a reward. It's like it, it would be like they would whoop me, and then they'd be like, "Here's something," because we number one feel guilty. Number two, you survived the whooping. So look. Oh wow! Batman is on. 
come here, boy. And so my dad's eating a piece of German chocolate cake, and he looks at me. He's like, yeah, keep keep on. Keep leaning over here showing me that. I'm going to put one on the other side. That's what he said. Oh, gosh. But I had, I but this was, I had done something after. particularly bad. I had, uh, I had, I, this is the time I mailed the letter. Did I ever tell you the time <laughs> I wrote the letter and mailed yeah. the letter? Yeah. So yes. he was, he was one of my favorite stories. Yeah. So that's when I got hit in the face <laughs> with the belt. But so do, on going on to the airport, I was, uh, there's this new place in the Delta terminal <gasps> where you could play video games. There's a video game cafe where it's got all different types of video games, not regular arcade. You can play PS five, whatever, whatever, all on different monitors. And so, I got so deep into Donkey Kong Country when I was waiting to get on my plane, right, that I left and I left my bag in the video game cafe. <gasps> I left Wait, my like, bag. With like your laptop, your wallet? No, 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 no. I had that in, I'm talking about the actual carry-on oh. bag. I had my computer bag. And so <laughs> I'm leaving and when I get there, there's a gate chain. So I'm hustling to get to the gate chain. And we're about to get on the plane. And they go, hey, if you want to check your bags, then you can check your bags. And I was like, maybe I should check the bag. And I was like, what bag? And then I'm like, <laughs> and then I'm like, where the fuck is the bag? And I had to run all the way to the video game thing and then run back. By the time I got back, I was sweating more than the guy who was yanking his daughter around. I'm telling you. A she, full circle moment. She's never going to be a softball player with the way he was treating her. He knows who he is. I, I, hope, you, I hope you listen to the podcast. Uh, I'm glad you were able to get your bag. That's actually incredible. I, I probably would have just let it go. My mind <laughs> I think is uh, I just let it go. <laughs> my mind is failing me. I left my bag in the video game place. And mm-hmm. then I left my wallet no. in the AMC theater while I was about to get in the Uber. And I'm like, oh shit, I don't have my wallet. And I had to go back to the AMC theater, look in the theater. It wasn't in there. And then I got downstairs. I'm like, just take a shot at the guest services. Did somebody return a wallet? And they're like, yep, just did. And they gave it to me. It's two times wow. in a week. My brain's you got a lot on your mind. Sounds like you need a vacation. Good thing you have one right around the corner. I said I need a vacation. You remember that joint? I do. Jeezy. <laughs> why do. do you look why do you look like you're in you look like you're incarcerated right now. This looks like a you prison have to call. Under, you have to understand the struggle right now. I am What's literally, uh, first of all, I'm on the floor of the airport, which absolutely disgusts me. Yeah. I have my phone propped up on a computer yeah. on top of my luggage. I got the mic in my hand. I'm just trying to survive all because I knew I would be stuck in traffic. I knew I wouldn't make it. I, all, we already had to push back because the flights just aren't flighting right now so you know mm-hmm. it's it is it's what it is it is what it is i'm literally in a corner because i felt like this would give donnie the best sound it sounds nice it sounds not bad donnie do you think that how's the sound 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 sounds pretty good to, yeah here, i was expecting it to be a whole lot worse and it's not that it's not worse we we might get an interruption from time to time over the loudspeaker but you the know i'm here you're here we're here for the thought like warriors that. i'm i'm ready you're ready. You're ready. You're ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Uh, wait, look. wait, wait. What are you in Vegas for? NABJ, National Association of Black Jaka 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 Journalists, Nigga Association of Black. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm mad yeah. I asked. It's for the <laughs> Nigga <laughs> Association of Black Jigaboos. That is, that's what it is. NABJ, Nigga Association of Black Jigaboos. We've taken over Vegas. You come to Vegas right now, we got you. Ain't no grape soda anywhere. Because we done take over. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> You know, what I've never fuck? been. I always have something that weekend. Too. I've never been. Well, yeah. it's in Vegas. It should be fun. I'm sure you're going to have a great time catching up with old people. Nah, I'm just sure like a reunion. I ain't catching up with shit. I didn't barely left. Why? So I'm staying in Vidara right now. I'm not trying to get the monkey pox. Oh, I'm not trying man. to. I'm so scared of that I don't want to fucking you're leave right. anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, I try right. to go to the to the pool. Cause I figured oh, you'd no. be sick. Oh no! And I look at the pool. I'm like, nah, that looks a, that looks a little pocky. And I'm not doing that. Like I try. I went down there. I was gonna work out in the gym. I go in there in the gym. Too close. Pock pock. <laughs> so I went and I walked. I try. So I'm gonna get some. I'm gonna run around in Vegas because it was only like 87 today because it was overcast. Other than that, it's been fucking hot. And I'm looking around. I'm trying to get a run on. All I see is people everywhere. So I'm, you know, that plus COVID, I'm chilling. But I'm man, you here. played uh, Donkey Kong at the airport. Uh, th- th- that was, thank that you, was, Donnie. That was different, thank though. You, you know Donnie. why? You did know you why? wipe it down? I did wipe it down. Number one, I requested for it to be wiped down. I said, hey, can you do me a little boosie on this? And they're like, <laughs> what? I'm like, wipe me down. And number two, it was only two motherfuckers in there, Donnie. Donnie, that you saw at the time. It was I just, only you were two touching people this in controller. It. I just they mm, wiped it mm, down. I they pulled a, a fox for a feature, a little boosie on it. And Donnie, by the way, until you stop killing wild animals for no other reason other than the fact that they inconvenience your life in the country where you decide to move, you don't just join in and try to catch me on my shit. I'm looking out for you, man. I'm looking Snake out. Snake killer. Snake killer. <laughs> All right. Guys, we're getting through with some of the fun stuff today because number one, I'm trying to cheer Rachel up because uh, she's obviously aggravated with her situation. And number two, this is going to be a pretty serious show. I'm letting you know. Yeah. A lot of serious shit happening on today's show. And we didn't even talk about Alex Jones and the Sandy Hook situation, but I hope to delve into that a little bit deeper because I think it's a very important moment in media and in. I think people's ability to fight back against those who might be waging disinformation wars on the mm. internet. I think uh, the verdict today in which Alex Jones has to pay from InfoWars has to pay $4 million to the Sandy Hook um, families. And that's just the beginning. There'll be a separate trial on punitive damages that he might have to pay a shit ton more. Uh, I think that's a very important benchmark moment in holding accountable uh, some of the people that peddle in this disinformation. And we'll talk about that probably a little bit more at length when we're in person on Monday. Um, but uh, today, just to let you guys know, we're doing Deshaun Watson. We're doing Brittany Griner. Um, those are two very serious topics. You know, we're doing Breonna Taylor. That's another very serious topic because it'd be less topics, more, more, more takes, a little bit more thought in your thought were breakfast today. So everybody take a deep breath. Uh, anybody who has been through any of these things might be triggered. 
<sighs> if there's anything in there, I know you need to take breaks. Make sure you mind yourself, but it's going to be a, a more serious podcast, and we're going to get to it. The big deal of the day, Deshaun Watson on the other side of this. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Okay, so Rachel, which way do you think we should start here? Should we start with an analysis of the Deshaun Watson um, situation? Because there's information that we didn't have on the last podcast vis-a-vis the actual uh, findings of the judge in the case, or should we talk about the NFL's response to the six game suspension and the fact that they've appealed? What do you think we should do? Uh, I think we need to talk about the judge's decision. Okay. So let's start there on our past podcast this past, uh, uh, Tuesday, we talked about the fact that we didn't know what the basis of the judge's decision, Judge Sue L. Robinson, her decision to give Deshaun Watson six games was. We said that we we weren't aware of that. Little did we know that at that time, a document was starting to disseminate, and that document is her findings. And in her findings, right. she very, very eloquently and directly explains how she came upon the six-game verdict uh, for Deshaun Watson and what both in the CBA – of the National Football League, which is, of course, the collective bargaining agreement between the Players Association and the owners. Um, what the hell is going on? Yeah, I don't know. My uh, computer and, just started playing music. Yeah, yeah, wow. It's still and, playing. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, and in the law itself, uh, brought her to that decision. Rachel, get a hold of yourself. <laughs> um. Uh, did you read the document? I did. I read the document. All 15. It was 15 pages. It's the least I 15 could pages. Do. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we get into specifically what was in the document to frame it for the NFL's appeal, is there anything in there that changed your opinion? Uh, any opinion you had from Tuesday? Um, my opinion has completely changed. I 100% agree with the six game suspension. I after after reading her findings, I absolutely understand how she came to that conclusion. And I agree with every single thing that she said. Would you okay. like me to go further? Oh, because you said interesting. You might think a little different. No, 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 no. I'm no, I, I understand it. Uh, and I think it speaks to how thorough she was and what she put in there. Why mm-hmm. do you agree with the six game suspension now for people who might be asking, well, why does Rachel agree with the six game suspension? Yeah, because when we were talking about it before, we only knew a few things, right? We knew she only looked at four cases and we were trying to understand why. Um, we knew that she, this was the first time that she was deciding 
not the first, just the first time that she was deciding, the first time that they had given this type of um, let a let an outsider just dis- make a decision in regards to suspension. So it was like, oh, you know, you would think, oh, she has the liberty and doesn't really have to be held to what has been cited before previously by another commissioner in regards to the conduct of an NFL player. So you would think that as an outsider, she'd come in, she'd view all this, she'd see this, you know, whatever the standard was, whoever had the burden of proof, which was the NFL. And she'd see that by a preponderance of the evidence that that she would be able to find not, well, he's not guilty, but she would basically, I guess, take what the NFL was suggesting and find in favor with them, which they wanted a year. So after reading it, I loved it because she basically had damning words for the NFL. And she basically was saying what we've kind of said on this podcast and what other people have said in regards to the inconsistency of the NFL. She scolds the NFL in her findings and basically says, you've left me with my hands tied and I had to decide this way based on how you have previously done things. I loved that. She basically said, it's your fault that he has, that I can only do six a six-game suspension, and you need to change the rules in your policy, aka the CBA, in order for me to be able to fairly decide this case. She basically also said that um, they are doing things in a reactive manner instead of being proactive, and so that's not a fair to the person who is, you know, I can't call him the defendant, but basically Deshaun Watson in this. And she's right. It's not giving fair notice to Deshaun Watson. And so she can only do what's been done before. And what's based in the CBA is six game suspension, even though she agreed with the NFL and they had proved all their points. And she believes that it is more likely than not that Deshaun Watson did sexually assault these women. She can't, she can only do what's within the policy. She can't, it's like she could, but she it wouldn't be fair for her to just arbitrarily suspend him when the poli- like what's been done before and what's uh, listed in the policy doesn't really call for that. I agree with her. So let's start at the beginning and talk a little bit about what's in there explicitly about this Sarah Watson. So she talks about the method in which Deshaun Watson went about getting massages. Deshaun Watson used Instagram um, to to solicit women for massages. Uh, he would go on there and say that he was the star NFL quarterback and he would elicit women for massages. He would make sure that when he was talking to women about getting these massages, some of the women were licensed massage therapists. Some of the women weren't licensed massage therapists. This is just for people who might not be aware of what exactly was going on. Uh, he would make sure that they knew that he wanted to target specific areas on his body. And these were his trouble areas or his sensitive areas, as we would call them. And these areas were his groin, his buttocks, his lower back, and I think maybe his stomach. You could look, Donnie, and tell me right now, look, comb through that document and see what the other ones are. But those were the four areas um that she that he was looking to target you got those right it was his back glutes abs and groin area so you were correct back 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 glutes abs and groin area so those were the areas that he would target uh he would also put these women in a time crunch meaning this was not this would not be a situation to where he would uh schedule this this 
this massage for a week or two weeks out or even three days out. It would always be something that was immediate and urgent and had to happen within a couple hours. When he would go there, he would and this would all be a private place. It's either in his apartment or a private residence of there, someplace that was that uh, there weren't a lot of people around other than them, like not not normally at a massage place or a facility or someplace where there'd be a lot of people. Normally just this, for these four cases. Um, well, there's a pathology of this, but for the, for the, for, for the majority of the times that he did this, remember Deshaun Watson's conduct in this goes way beyond four cases. It goes way beyond the 12 cases of women that the NFL looked into because not all of the women that, that filed suit against Deshaun Watson would talk to the NFL. Okay, and of the 12 that talked, they settled on four to be able to make their determination. But not it's not four. It's not 12. It's not 25. Over the course of this entire time, there are 60 different instances of, of Deshaun Watson getting these massages and 60 different known interactions that are happening here. So this is a plethora of people. So. In that, there are a lot of consistencies that exist beyond the four, beyond the 12, beyond the 25, all the way up to the 60, right? Um, And uh, one of them is the fact that he would want to bring his own towels, not sheets. um, And these towels were typically smaller and covered less of these areas on his body than a sheet would that you would have in a typical massage. You know, you get a massage, they put a sheet over you, it drapes over you. He would put... Just a towel over his genitals, just a towel over his butt, and the towel would get move around. It would move around during the massage. Um, I'm saying all this to say that <clears throat> this was how thorough that they were able, the NFL and the investigators here, this is how, how thorough of a picture they were able to paint of what I believe to be Deshaun Watson's uh compulsive predatory behavior against massage therapists so he would go there he would get these massages and during these massages it the the towel would come off he would get erect and he would ejaculate a lot of the time he would ejaculate he would get erect he would ejaculate sometimes on the women none of the women interviewed in this situation none of them gave Deshaun Watson another massage none of them uh, all of them, after having massaged him once, would not do it again. Most of them contend that they fit that they uh, underwent some sort of trauma after having given Deshaun Watson a massage. Some of them say that they felt like he rubbed his penis up against them. Some of them say they they felt like he encouraged them to go under the towel, to he removed the towel, said "Touch me here, massage me here," and that it was clear to them that this was sexual in nature for Deshaun Watson. Okay, she gave a whole Judge Robinson gave a whole set of criteria under which she believes that sexual assault took place in this. And it was her finding that he met the criteria of sexual assault uh, easily, easily. You're going to say something. I just want to say when you said they experienced trauma, it should be noted that these four women either went to counseling, questioned yeah. whether they wanted to continue in this profession or you know what one was trying to get her license and his thinks that she might not even want to do this at all anymore so it completely stopped. has yeah. yeah completely has changed their lives rocked their foundation so 
in the CBA, there is specific language in what denotes conduct unbecoming to the NFL. And there are a lot of different instances of that. Defrauding people of money, uh, endangering somebody's safety, sexual assault, domestic violence, um, HGH and steroid usage. All of those things are in there. She goes through meticulously and lays out the case of what all of those things are. And then in every single different instance of Deshaun Watson's behavior, whether that behavior is illegal or not illegal, she lays out and the investigators lay out uh, a pattern that leads her to believe that there's no doubt about the fact that Deshaun Watson committed sexual assault. Okay. She even says in there using Instagram to solicit business business uh, practices or business engagements or businesses or whatever is not in and of itself illegal or unusual. People do that all the time. Hey, you see something? Hey, where can I get this food? Where can I get turkey leg from turkey leg? It looks good, right? But when it's combined with all the rest of these things, it shows patterns. Here's where things get interesting for me. The word violent is very crucial in this. All right. The the way violent the, the way the word violent is used is very crucial in this. And this is something I actually disagree with her uh very vehemently about. Um she describes what Deshaun Watson did as nonviolent sexual assault. And she compares that to instances of violent crimes that other NFL players have committed in the past, namely Ray Rice, other guys who have beat their kids or whatever. And she uses that as a benchmark to uh, decide how many games a suspension um, should be for Deshaun Watson. This is a nonviolent issue. It is sexual assault, but this is a nonviolent issue. These violent issues clearly have a higher standard. On these other nonviolent things, people have gotten six games. So, so, so since this is nonviolent sexual assault, I'm hamstrung to give him more than more than uh, six games. I personally don't believe that there's any such thing as nonviolent sexual assault. I don't think that that exists. I think that I think that sexual assault is a specific violence unto itself. And meaning, it, it, meaning, if I just walk into a room full of unsuspecting women and show them my dick, that's a violent action to me. It's, and I don't know, I, I, I know that seems like hyperbole to people, but to me, something like that ejects such fear, like it ejects such like confusion. It's so dehumanizing and demeaning, and there's such history to that. I don't I have trouble, especially in cases where someone has actually for all intents and purpose, guys, nutted on somebody. When there's actually been contact in some of these cases, I kind of don't see how the standard of violence wasn't met there. What do you think about that, Rachel? Okay. The reason I think, and I agree with you, everything that you said about the term, the use of the term nonviolent sexual assault. I absolutely agree with you. It is violent. The reason that it's open to interpretation of what is considered violent and what is considered nonviolent is because the NFL doesn't define any of the conduct that you just 
labeled out. They enumerate it and they say what is, um, what's the term that you use? They say that uh, it's prohibited conduct, but they don't define it. And she says that over and over again. She says none of the examples, there are 14 examples listed of prohibited conduct. None of them are explained or defined by the NFL in the policy or in the CBA. That's the issue with this whole thing. There okay. is no direction. And they are doing post hoc definitions, which is what she said, rather than defining. They just renegotiated the CBA. There's no definition for any of this. So her only way she can interpret it is based on either what is specifically spelled out or what has been done in the past. I do agree with one. I do disagree with one thing that she said. And hold on. Let me, I, I was taking notes and everything on what she wrote. She describes this as one is him as a first time offender. I disagree with that. How so? Just because because I get it. This is the first all this co- together. If you're looking at this as one offense, fine. But he did this multiple times. So I have issue with him being held to as a first time offender because it happens so many times. Over a number so, of years. So, you so that's think the one the, thing that I agree the with. Serial, Let's stop. The, 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 the serial, serial nature, nature yeah. of it stops it from being oh, like a, you can't call him a first uh, a one time. And even more so because the comparison is to Ray Rice, which was based on the evidence that was presented was that video in the elevator. It was a first time one time, even if he had done it before, that's all that was given. That's not what was shown in this case. He is not a first time offender. He considered multiple acts. So to me at best, if that's the comparison that you were using, then six games for one, six games for the other, six games for three and for four and a total of 24 games. That's the only thing that I would disagree with. I understand the reasoning and everything behind it, but I just had an issue with him being labeled as a first-time offender when we know, and it's admitted in this ruling, that it was multiple times. Um, So this brings us now to the NFL. So we have an understanding of the fact that Deshaun Watson essentially lost his case to the NFL. The NFL proved their case. And Sue Robinson agreed with the NFL that Deshaun Watson – uh, was guilty of sexual assault, not once, not twice, but many, many times over. And the NFL, what? Go ahead, Rach. Go ahead, Rach. No, ahead. no, no, no. I was just going to say he was found guilty on three different things. Just want to say that, not just the sexual okay. assault. There were three different charges that were against on. him. And they found, I keep saying guilty. I don't even, it's not the correct thing, but. Hold on, hold on. Sexual assault, conduct that poses a genuine danger to the safety and well-being of another person, and conduct that undermines or puts at risk the integrity of the NFL. She found that they had proven that uh, met their burden of proof in all three of those. So it's three okay. different things. Mm-hmm. So for four the, different women. So the NFL has now uh, appealed this. They have appealed this ruling. And in their appeal to this, they are looking for uh, a year-long suspension for Deshaun Watson, it's reported, and him to need to file for reinstatement into the league. Here's why this is bullshit. Okay, and there is an outside arbitrator. Uh, Robert Good- uh, Roger Goodell is not going to be in, in, in charge of meeting out the the uh the, the situation here, they're going to somebody else. Oh, he's, um, they said that? 
Yes, it's not going to be Roger Goodell. Okay. It's uh, Donnie. Find the name of the guy that is a that they have put this over. It's a former DA or something like that. Um, that's going to be in charge of 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 making this decision. Um, now, so this is why this is bullshit. The NFL mm. and the Players Association are both on their bullshit right now. I had a conversation with Kalika earlier. Kalika was like, why doesn't the NFL just swoop in and do this and this and that? And I was explaining to her that they can't. They can't do this because this language is not the NFL's end all be all. This is what we say. This language is all collectively bargained, which means the NFL goes to the Players Association and they say, hey, for the protection of the shield, For the strength of the NFL brand, we are going to institute a a conduct policy, a personal conduct policy. In that personal conduct policy, they list out all of these things that are a part of it. That then goes to the bargaining table. The Players Association then says, hey, we believe that this isn't fair. We believe that this is too harsh. The NFL then says, we think that this is too lenient. We think that this is too harsh. Then they agree. Everybody signs on the dotted line. And those agreements are part of larger money-making agreements, splits on revenue, television deals, all types of situations like that. That, to be honest with you, these two entities, the NFLPA and the NFL, care much more about to be real with you, than they do uh, a personal conduct policy. What they really care about is the split of the TV deal. What they really care about is competition committee stuff. What they really care about is governing draft picks and all of that stuff like that, right? Penalties for what you might do, all this other stuff, rule changes and shit like that. Like that's like that's the kind of stuff that they really give a fuck about. They What they don't care about as much is legislating what happens when a player runs afoul of 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 the NFL. So, uh, so the guy is former New Jersey attorney uh, who'll be making this decision. Former New Jersey attorney Peter C. Harvey is going to hear the appeal on this. He's going to be the one in Sue Robinson's position right here. Former New Jersey Attorney General uh, Peter C. Harvey is going to be uh, doing the appeal. And thank you, Donnie. Um, so here, so here's the thing. The question now becomes is who actually wants Deshaun Watson to receive a year-long sentence? The NFL is in a position where they can pretend like they want that to happen and they can go through all the machinations of acting like they want that to happen without any of the consequences if it doesn't. Because they can say that, hey, we negotiated this with the NFLPA in the in the CBA, and the CBA is what it is until we negotiate a new CBA. So we are going through everything that we can to get a year-long suspension. If a year-long suspension comes, the NFLPA will sue the NFL for going above and beyond what is written in the CBA in terms of this suspension, and they would win. So the reality is everybody in this entire case is thinking of everything beside what Deshaun Watson actually did and who Deshaun Watson actually did it to. The more I started to 
to look into this. This is one of the biggest clusterfucks I have ever seen in the history of sports. Oh, see, but but that's the thing. It's not a clusterfuck. This is what it for all the things you just spelled out. It's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. It's the appearance of it without actually doing anything. Because if you were really serious, then you would define some of these terms these of prohibited conduct because you would try to be av- avoiding a situation that's happening right now. At the end of the day, you're motivated by things much greater than the well-being of the victims in this case and the victims prior to this case, the victims that have suffered, uh, have suffered some sort of prohibited conduct at the hands of these NFL players. At the end of the day, you really don't care. And to be honest with you, let's just say that the CBA was being renegotiated next year. There's no way the NFLPA is going to allow those things to be defined. No way that they're going to have something in place because it sounds simple, right? Why would you not have something in place for a first-time offender? Why would you not have something in place for, oh, you committed number seven? Okay, well, that holds this for the first time, and then this many games for the next time. Doesn't it seem simple to do that? The reason being is for exactly what you just said. They don't really want to because it stops the money. It stops the business. It's It hurts the integrity of the NFL to punish in this way. Right now, there's a guest I want on this show more than any guest we've ever had. And that is a representative from the NFL Players Association. Look, I what understand. What about a former one? A former one's great too. A former one's great too. I, I understand the NFLPA has a duty to protect its players at all costs. That's it. Um, I know that they have a duty. And by the way, the it should also be noted that Deshaun Watson. Uh, even in the even in Sue Robinson's write up, still maintains that he did nothing wrong. She said a lack of remorse, and by the way, admitted to all those things. All those things that you said, other than the erection, were undisputed. He admits to the towel. Right. He admits to the messages. He admits to doing it privately, and the way all of that. It's just the erection. So yeah, he shows no remorse. He like he he shows no remorse. He's shown no remorse. Um, she flat out says in her write-up she doesn't believe him about anything that he says because the 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 pattern is so the pattern of behavior is so uh, consistent between all the accounts that she has no reason to believe. Like she has no reason to believe he's telling the truth, and she goes really in the grand scheme of things. The erection itself is actually a small detail, and she really feels like if he admitted the if he admitted the erection, if he admitted that he got aroused during these things, then that actually would lend itself to some sort of belief of a possible misunderstanding that could have that 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 could have uh, that that could have existed. But the fact that he won't leads her to believe that he's hiding something because everybody says, yeah, he immediately got hard. Like, immediately, immediately, like, got hard. Did you see the note at the bottom that said that even women who are supporting him admit that he had an erection? So, like, even women who aren't, like, so it's, like, known. Even women who are supporting you in this are saying, like, other massage therapists are like, yeah, he had it. And And he's still denying it. 
in and of itself, getting an erection during a massage, not a crime. Probably she something you that. need to like take care of, but like not a not a crime. The other yeah. stuff is. So that's where we stand right now with the Deshaun Watson situation. How this plays out to me is incredibly consequential. In to the NFL. What to, what way? To Van. Look. Oh. You guys. I'm a hypocrite. I'm a hypocrite. I'm a fucking hypocrite. You know what I mean? I love animals. I keep talking about how much I love animals. Don't kill the animals. I had fucking chicken leg quarter, uh, a high carb for fucking lunch that was. Chicken was great. It was amazing. All right. Um, I was sick to my stomach. I was watching on ESPN, watching Deshaun Watson on the practice field for the Cleveland Browns, talking about route trees, talking about reads, talking about all of this, going on and on about it as if <laughs> as if it doesn't fucking matter. You know what I mean? And so uh, I need to be able to understand this for me personally. Nobody else. I'm not going to get on a high horse. You know, I started watching football again during the pandemic after I had promised Cap and Nessa that I wouldn't. After I promised myself that I wouldn't based on the Kaepernick situation, I needed some entertainment to get me off the world ending. And the NFL was there and I went back to it. And I had fun watching it the last couple of seasons. It's getting to a point now to where as a man and as a human being, I'm starting to have real, real, real problems with this. Like. I'm not, I, I, you guys, I'm really being honest. I, I, this is as good as I can give you. I can't give you the, the purity that you want. I wish it was that easy. But what I can say now is that there's a lot of trauma in this. And yeah, it's disgusting. You just took the word right out of my mouth. <clears throat> you know, I've read the New York Times article. I've followed what's been happening, you know, since the first case came out. Um lawsuit was filed back in March 2021 but reading this again it felt really gross it felt really gross and then I struggle with well is it like clearly I can say well I'm not going to support the Browns and I don't want to do anything that has to do with with uh, Deshaun Johnson but I mean Deshaun Watson but is that enough that's what I feel like I'm dealing with is it enough and I Obviously, if I'm still watching football and I'm going to a game, then I'm supporting a league that supports a predator like Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson's a predator. He's a predator. All right. Um, And to be honest with you, as long as Deshaun Watson is out here, uh, not uh, packed away not getting help, denying that he's a predator and going on and and living as if nothing's wrong, people are unsafe. I'll be honest with you. People are unsafe. That's the bottom line. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app just like the pros. 
With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Brittany Griner has been found guilty in her Russian drug trial. She has been sentenced to nine years in prison. This was expected. Brittany Griner spoke before her sentencing came in. Donnie, give that to us. Your Honor, they taught me two important, my parents taught me two important things. One, take ownership for your responsibilities. And two, to work hard for everything that you have. That's why I play guilty to my charges. I understand everything that's being said against me, the charges that are against me, and that is why I play guilty. But I had no intent to break any Russian law. I want to apologize to my teammates, my club, Genka, the fans, and the city of ECAT for my mistake that I made and the embarrassment that I brought onto them. I made an honest mistake, and I hope that in your ruling that it doesn't end my life here. I know everybody keeps talking about political pawn and politics, but I hope that that is far from this courtroom. Rachel. I have a question really quickly. Was she actually sentenced to nine years? I feel like I read certain things, two different things, or is that what the prosecution is asking for? Prosecution asked for it, then they came back with the sentence. Okay. It's heartbreaking to hear her speak in that courtroom. I didn't. I, I don't even know if there was a video. <clears throat> I only saw there heard was. the audio. I only heard the audio. You can tell she's scared. And I can't imagine being in her shoes, making a mistake, whether she, like she says, she had no intent. So I'm taking it exactly for what it is. She had no idea that what she was doing was going to lead to where the place that she is now. And, you know, like people are given breaks all the time. And she talks about it not being a political thing, but it clearly is, which is why she was given nine years. You know, it has it's it's totally making an example out of her. And I know that it's been done before with a teacher with 10 years, but it's really about the way Russia feels about America. So it is political. I I can't believe I, I, I really don't have much to say other than it's it's a it's a tragedy. You know, yeah, she did what she did, but she the crime doesn't fit. I mean, the punishment doesn't fit the crime. And I hate I hate to see her and her family going through what they're going through. And I hope that something I have no idea what it could be is done to where she is not said nine years in a Russian prison prison. Um, my only 
response to this, number one, we're going to go through what Brittany Griner's life is going to be like in a Russian prison, and it's going to be hard. Uh, prisons everywhere are uh, are terrible. You know, the United States of America and the citizens here in the United States of America don't really have the moral high ground to criticize any other country uh, on their prisons. They don't. There are prisons that are relatively worse in places, um, but you know, we've made prison a business here. We've made prison uh, part of our culture here. And so before we get on a high horse and criticize anybody else, uh, it would be it would behoove us to look at how things go here. Having said that, um, there are different standards in Russia. And mm-hmm. I did a little research on what Brittany Griner's life is going to be like as a as a as a woman's uh, 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 in a women's prison in in Russia. I will say this. I'll say the fact that Brittany Griner is a political prisoner. Uh, it's true. She's a political prisoner now. She's not in prison for political reasons. Yeah. And those and that distinction has to be. Brittany Griner isn't uh, in prison because she. Uh, she was speaking out against the Russian government. She was not speaking out against the Russian government. Brittany Griner was in Russia playing basketball, um, essentially taking money from Russia, which is nothing wrong with that. People do that all the time. People, I know guys who play Russia, whatever, whatever. So the political prisoner part of this comes after. And the only reason why I say that is because I've seen a lot of different people talking about what Biden and Kamala Harris need to be doing to get Brittany Griner out. You guys, they can't do anything. All they can do is try. Like literally, the United States of America could tell the Russians right now, we'll give you $1 trillion to let Brittany Griner out of prison. And the Russians could say, we want $2 trillion. Like literally, there's nothing that they can yeah. do. That is, that that literally, that is a foreign government with their own system of fucked up laws their own system of fucked up penalties and their own system of fucked up prisons and they simply do not have to give Brittany Griner to the United States of America the only thing that the United States of America can do namely Joe Biden and Kamala Harris is try as hard as they can and there's a point to where it would be even too much for them politically to give her back so if Victor Boot is not going to be the thing, which it looks like the Russians aren't so keen on it just being Victor Boot for Brittany Griner and Paul Whelan, it looks like uh, from what people are reporting that they might not want to do that, then the United States can come back and try for a four-team trade, a four-player trade. They can come back and try for more than that. But that's all they can do is try. There's absolutely zero leverage that they have over the Russians to manipulate their legal system. As a matter of fact, the Russians have said that they actually don't appreciate people from all over the world calling their legal system illegitimate, which it is, um, and speculating on what was going to happen with Brittany Griner before they levied a sentence against her, before their legal system had a chance to play out. So she's in a bad situation. Um, There was a letter published in 2013 Uh, talking about conditions in women's prisons over in Russia. Uh, The most 
shocking thing that I saw is that women there that know they have to go serve in some of these prisons would routinely cut their wrists before getting sent there. They are oftentimes made to work 16 or 17 hours a day with one day off for every eight weeks. She is definitely going to be subject to long days of hard, intensive labor for long, long periods of time. Prisons where there are mice, rats, where there's no running water, where there is uh, not a toilet, but a hole in the middle of the ground. I heard one woman describe using the bathroom as going into a room with feces smeared all on the floor, all over the walls, and having to bend over a hole that a bunch of different women have used and poop into a hole in the ground. Um, Prisons are bad everywhere. Prison is a bad place to be. But the, the Russians, from these reports, make it a particular point to uh, to make an example out of people and make their lives not into undesirable away from societies, but to torture them, to torture them for the amount of time that they are serving time. Um, Question. Go ahead. It has the legal system been exhausted or the legal i guess like what whatever is available to her legally been exhausted on that end in russia like i don't know their setup and i don't know if like is there an appeals process is there There something her lawyers say that they're going to file an appeal but it's all it's not going to do anything the appeal won't um the appeal in no way will uh will affect anything that happens with Brittany griner it's just a terrible situation for her. Yeah, it um, really is. Yeah. Uh, so it <sighs> uh, yeah, it's it's bad. And I don't really know what needs to be done. They need to try as hard as they can. Obviously they do, but it's important here. That when people, you know, I've seen different people make make videos about this, that people understand that this is in no way, in my opinion at least, I could be wrong. If if anybody says, hey, Van's full of shit, that's fine. This is not the fault of the United States of America. Um, There's nothing that we've done to make this situation what it is. There's nothing that the administration has done, which I'm very hard on them, to make this situation what it is. It's just a fucked up situation. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that's going to get her out of it is us in some kind of way enticing the Russians to uh, to move on it. And everybody's going to volley her around and use her as a political chip. Donald Trump is using her as a political chip saying, hey, I think she should be out. I would have been able to get her out. People over here, Fox News, the conservatives are going to use her as a political bargaining chip saying, hey, if Trump was here, he'd have gotten her out. The To be honest with you, the black community, the LGBT Q plus community are going to say if this was anybody else, they'd have been let out by now. But to be honest with you, Paul, that's actually not true because Paul Whelan was in jail for all of that time. That's actually not true. So everyone is going to be talking about everything, but we need to, the one thing that people need to understand is that this is happening to a real person. And even I need to understand this as I get on the high horse and talk about what the U S should and should not do. There's a real person in prison here and her life is going to be fucked up for a long time so 
take that into consideration when you're thinking about Brittany Griner, um, the support that her family and people would need, and also take that into consideration when you're thinking about like, you know, what you do when you travel abroad. You know, has mm. this changed what you think about when you're traveling abroad, Rachel? I mean, absolutely. I mean, like, even before this, when you watch certain movies about, like, broken down palace and stuff, like, I could feel like I'm always, you know, trying to be considerate that I'm not violating another country's laws or breaking their laws. But no, I mean, absolutely. How could you not? All right. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back a little bit. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. Side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Did you see... Uh the Brianna Taylor news today. Your thoughts? Yeah, so you know what? When I saw the move that the Justice Department made, I feel like I felt a little ashamed because the first thing I thought was, well, thank God that somebody's still fighting on behalf of Brianna Taylor and her family when it seems like, and I know this is human nature, a lot of us move on. I thought... Thank goodness that they've continued to fight on behalf of her family and and Brianna Taylor. And, you know, I didn't even realize necessarily that the Department of Justice was um, looking into doing a or looking in or that they were investigating and that they were looking to whether or not there were civil rights violations. So, you know, like I'm thrilled that the Justice Department Department of Justice is doing something on her behalf. I'm glad that they charged these the former detectives that were involved with their case because clearly if you look at the things that they're being charged with, submitting a false affidavit, um, working together to create a false cover story to escape responsibility and so on. I mean, it's absolutely outrageous. I'm hoping it sends a message to other departments and, and let people know that you're not going to be off the hook. Okay, maybe you were able to skate by uh, on the state level, but on the federal level, the Department of Justice is going to take action. And I, I'm, I'm happy to see them do that. If I had an unexpected ally of the week, it would definitely be uh, Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice. Okay, well, I'm glad you said that. Let's listen to Merrick Garland right now. 
We allege that the defendants knew their actions in falsifying the affidavit could create a dangerous situation, and we allege these unlawful acts resulted in Ms. Taylor's death. The charges announced today also allege that the officers responsible for falsifying the affidavit that led to the search took steps to cover up their unlawful conduct after Ms. Taylor was killed. We allege that defendants Jaynes and Goodlett conspired to knowingly falsify an investigative document that was created after Ms. Taylor's death. We also allege that they conspired to mislead federal, state, and local authorities who were investigating the incident. For example, we allege that in May 2020, those two defendants met in a garage where they agreed to tell investigators a false story. This indictment separately alleges that defendant Meany lied to the FBI during its investigation of this matter. So, okay, so the men indicted, of course, you've heard the name Brett Hankinson before, uh, Kyle Meany, Joshua Jaynes, uh, Detective Kelly Goodlett as well. Um, so here's the situation. Brian Taylor is killed and the accusation is that her boyfriend was moving dope out of their apartment. Um, the cops say, specific cops say that they knew this because they had a contact that had done investigations at the post office and the post office contact had said that there were a number of packages coming to that apartment for that guy and investigatively they had been able to say, hey, that guy is using that address to ship that. That actually turned out, according to the Justice Department, to not be true. That that information actually came from another cop who said that he knew that that two cops are talking we know that this guy is moving drugs out of here because whatever which is a wholly different circumstance the justice department is saying they acted on that information went to the place of residence and then the shootout uh that took brianna's life took place this to me is an indictment of the police department at its most primitive level Right. Like what I mean by this is. The questions that we continue to ask when there is uh, issues involving law enforcement, the questions we continue to add to continue to add, uh, ask, should I say, is is law enforcement in this country functional? Is it a functional institution, law enforcement? Does it work? Does law enforcement work to deter crime? Does law enforcement work to investigate crime? Does law enforcement work to de-escalate violent situations? In any way, does law enforcement work? Like investigatively, for protection, to promote civil servants and, and, and uh, civil service and harmony amongst the populace does law enforcement work that's a question we keep asking ourselves and we we ask ourselves this when it goes wrong right we ask ourselves this when we see these big gaudy examples of it going wrong the reason why that question is so central here is because if in fact all of this is based on a lie then we have the failing of law enforcement twice not only do we have the failing of law enforcement to go to somebody's house so they failed in their investigation because that's based on a lie then they go to the home and they don't have enough uh, humanity, training, 
wherewithal, whatever, not to shoot the fucking place up and turn that into the OK Corral. So they fail there. Law enforcement fails twice, right? They fail in what they got before they went to Brianna's apartment. They fail when they get there because a shootout takes place. They're spraying bullets everywhere, depriving people around the apartment, not just people inside of the apartment, of their safety and their civil rights. And then law enforcement fails for a third time. The way they fail for a third time is law enforcement fails when Daniel Cameron the attorney general of Kentucky fails to do a thorough enough investigation into this to ask the questions that the Justice Department, that the attorney general in Washington is asking right now. So when it gets to the point that somebody is supposed to say, hey, what happened here? Hey, what went down here? Not only was this raid legal, but was the shoot clean? And then after that was the proper oversight for this situation handled at a state level. They fucking struck out. They're 0 for 3. And when when they lose, who pays the penalty? Cops lost their jobs. So fucking what? Even if they go to jail. So fucking what? When there's dysfunction on the behalf of the law enforcement apparatus in this country Black people die. So what I'm looking at in this situation right now is I've never thought that Daniel Cameron was shit, right? I've never thought that anybody involved in this was shit. But when you look at it now, this is a monumental failing. And for Breonna Taylor, it is an eternal one. Mm -hmm. An eternal one. So I'm glad that they're doing something about it. I'm happy, but fuck! Everything you just said. And I think that to answer your question, it's like, you know, we've talked about Breonna Taylor multiple times on this podcast. And I think everybody is clear on our feelings and where we stand with that. And to answer all your questions, like we can't go back and get, we talked about this before. The only thing that, the the only way there would be justice in any of this is for Breonna Taylor to still be alive today. Sadly, tragically, that can never happen again. So then the question becomes, what if, can anything be done? And if there can be something done, what can that be? So the fact that they didn't give up on this case and something is being done, I feel like, call it as small as a step as you want to, it's something that's trying to take some sort of action of for the people who wrongfully, the people we were supposed to trust, law enforcement, wrongfully disturbingly ended Breonna Taylor's life and I do like we talk so at great length about police and what are they going to do on a federal level and what is the administration doing to me if this is the kind of steps that we're taking I'm hoping that that can make some sort of change into how we police in this country because it seems like we're not getting it on the state level and we're not going to. So it's the responsibility on a federal level to get that done. So when I saw this, I was like, I don't even know if pleased is the right word, but I was happy something is being done. And I hope that this gives, you know, the family for Bri- of Brianna Taylor some sort of hope that, Things are things are going to change. Sadly, in the name of their daughter. Hey, 
Fair enough. Well said. Um, did you see the story of the the Florida A and M girl who took the graduation picture? Did you see it? She had that ass out. That ass. She had more than that. Is, she had, her name is Terrica Williams. She's twenty four. She was facing criticism online after she posted a picture, and it was her and she was standing next to statue at FAMU. Shout out to FAMU, right? I give FAMU a lot of shit. Sneaky, impressive alumni group there at FAMU because I, I come from Southern. I have HBCU That feelings. doesn't mean that you got to hate on every other HBCU nobody, out there. Ain't nobody hate. Who hate? Hmm. Who hate? Hmm. No, no, I ain't no hate. I know what, I know what we do on Roll that yard. Back. I know Roll what they do on that yard. I know what we do on that yard. I know what we do on that yard. SU. SU. You. S. 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 You fuck. Who fuck JSU? <laughs> there he goes hating again. You. There he goes S S S S U fuck who fuck G S U S one more. <laughs> you you come on S S S S U fuck who fuck fam you. Anyway, fuck them all. I love you guys. HBCU. I hope you get a knock on your on your hotel door in a second. <laughs> like why are you saying fuck everybody Mr. Lathan um, I got a fountain view right out there baby Vegas um, Terica Terica graduated she has a master's degree and uh, she posted a picture nude photo her butt out her butt was bulbous it's a big butt uh, long white braids. Um, so graduation. They were like snakes. It was like snakes. And people were saying snakes, Medusa hair. Okay, artistic. Did you think the picture was in poor taste? Um, you phrased it poor taste. Poor taste. <sighs> maybe. Did I have a problem with it? No. Is FAMU known for having outrageous pictures in front of uh, graduation pictures? Yes. My cousin went to FAMU. Shout out. She did not pose like that. Shout out to Mandy. Uh, but if it violated some sort of school policy, um, then like, yeah, like it's inappropriate. But I don't think that drastic measure, I don't think an investigation needs to take place. You know, give her a fine and keep it moving. Give Put her a security a fine. guard. If it violate, if it actually violates something, and there's some sort of penalty in place, come on now, I'm not gonna say arbitrarily give it to her. Like if she if she broke some type of school rule and there's a penalty of a fine or whatever, then fine, do that. But as far as an investigation, that's ridiculous. This has gone too far. Just say, listen, it ain't, it doesn't need to happen again. We're gonna around graduation time, we're gonna have somebody set in place. We're gonna have cameras so this doesn't happen again. We encourage you to take your photos and be as creative as you want, but. Um, there can't be any indecent exposure. But she looked great. <laughs> she looked this good. is so stupid to me. She it took is. a picture the outside the thing. Her ass is out. Whatever. Who this this sister got a master's degree at 24. She it's wanted great. To, she's she says anybody who knows me knows I've been dressing provocatively my whole life. There's a lot of assumptions that came with me accepting my body. A lot of people have questioned my capabilities and intelligence based solely on how I dress. As I'm standing here with my master's degree, 
At the tender age of 24, I'm the living proof that clothes do not define you. I encourage everybody to embrace their bodies and step outside of social norms. Holla, She's right. Hallelujah. She's cares? right. There are people saying that they, if they find her and she don't pay the fine and they're not going to let her graduate. Rachel, would you be okay with that? They're going to take a degree. Would you be okay with that? Wait, wait, wait. If they find her and she won't pay it, they're going to, I if mean. That she, she can't go to the graduation then. Would you be okay with that? I don't think that, I think. This is so stupid. No, I'm not okay with that. No, 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 I'm not okay with that. But I mean, if there's a rule in place and you break the rule, then the, then like whatever the punishment is, it is. And then that's fine. Like we literally just had a whole conversation about that. However, at the same time, I don't think that there should be any type of investigation into this. This is ridiculous. Y'all took this woman's money. She's representing. She got a master's. Let her graduate, walk the stage, and then keep... Sorry, I, I know they're talking in the background. Uh, y'all know I'm at an airport. Y'all know I'm at the airport. Anyways, this has gone too far. If anything, this has just made her win the court of public opinion. I would think that there's yeah. a lot of support for her. Team Terrica. Y'all need to she get over this. She's going to have the this. biggest cheers at graduation. Y'all going... Um, not the biggest. Uh, graduation. Y'all need to... Y'all need to... We got to let go of this repression. We got to let go of this repression. Hey, look, I'm here this whole time. I'm on a hotel. I haven't been on the ography. I'm off of the ography, right? No more ography for me. That's okay. Cool. But we still don't need to be repressed. Like, get over it. Y'all get mad about the wrong things. Get over it. She took a picture, man. Picture look good. She's, what's the big deal? Taste is subjective. Team Terry. Totally agree. Change the rules from from here on out if y'all got a problem with it. But let her live. We were gonna um update Mountain Lion, but this is not a good Mountain Lion story. So I'm not gonna go. Donnie tried to put a Mountain Lion story in here that was negative. And well, you need to be fair. You need to be well rounded. Not every every Mountain Lion story is positive. I mean, very few of them have been positive. If we're being honest, but I want to make sure that we celebrate Mountain Lion. I'm doing what I can to to help Mountain Lion. And this story is about a mountain lion attack that Donnie is not funny. So I'm going to ignore this story about mountain lion. But I do want to get a shout out to mountain lion. Donnie, please run my sound. I know you guys are out there. Chill out. Um, so I do want to run one thing. I'm going to surprise you with it, Rachel. Okay. There's a guy down in Wisconsin, Wisconsin. I'm going to give you a mansion. Then Wisconsin, who's in a very you. uh a very consequential race, he could take a Senate seat and make it easier for the Democrats to use another excuse about why they can't get their agenda passed. Um, his name is Mandela Barnes. He's a very promising young black uh politician here, Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes. He was uh Amazing. Was on a show doing some press. And he was asked some questions. Donnie, who was the guy he was doing press with? I like this guy from NSNBC. The, uh, black... Let me double check. He's a guy that yeah. you know the face of, but his name is escaping me right now. Yeah, I like him. I like him. Black guy? Um, black man. His, his name is Black. Did you call him a black man? A black man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, Donnie. I was like, I didn't say that. <laughs> so... There comes to a point in this where they're asking Mandela Barnes what would be his votes if he won a Senate race 
And he had to cast votes on very consequential and crucial American issues. This is the part of this where the the questions are asked and the questions are answered. Rachel, I want you to hear this, and then we're going to talk maybe two minutes about it after. Donnie, run that for me. Let's just say you do beat Senator Johnson, and you are the next uh, senator from from Wisconsin. There's going to be a lot of legislation showing up at the Senate uh, doorstep, such as the House passed a bill that would codify Roe v. Wade. Would you vote for that? Well, of course. Um, the Senate, I'm sorry, the House um, codified uh, Obergefell, which would, the Respect for Marriages Act, which would protect same-sex marriage, but also interracial marriage. Would you vote for that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the House has codified um, uh, access to contraception. Would you vote for that? Well, certainly. Uh, the, the Senate is apparently this close to voting on a deal that's called the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. If you were in the Senate right now, would you vote for that? I would vote for it. And, and what the would thing you, about it is, go ahead. I, I was gonna, I was going to say even even that the that deal that you're just talking about now, it's not perfect, but it will certainly go a long way to help people in Wisconsin. We we've been hurting for far too long and we desperately need to lower costs as soon as possible to help people deal with inflation and letting Medicare negotiate drug prices is a huge step forward. And we also need to cut taxes on the middle class to give people some breathing room. And we also need to hold oil and gas companies accountable for using inflation as a smoke screen to jack up prices on consumers and pharmaceutical companies as well. Okay. So that's it. Um, yeah. So what was Mandela Barnes not asked about? Uh, policing, uh, voting mm. rights act. Oh, now this is not for me to say that the issues that were voted that that were ballied about right there don't affect Black Americans because they do. Sure, we represent and are represented in all the communities that would be affected by those bills. I'm. Telling the Democrats one thing right here, right now. Saying the quiet part loud is a problem for the party. Either one of two things is happening right there. Either the Democrats don't feel like, and by the way, there could be a multiple, a multiple things happening right here. Let me put it to you like this. I don't know what's happening right there. Let me tell you what I think is happening right there. The messaging here could be, because this is not Mandela Barnes, This comes from our brother at MSNBC, right? Either these issues are no longer top of mind, one, which Rachel says is the issue. (laughs) They're not. (laughs) Okay, either these issues are no longer top of mind, which would be a real tragedy, or they don't think they can win on them. Meaning asking somebody in a state like Wisconsin if you're going to vote for black people's voting rights or if you're going to vote for black people's uh, for a police reform or a violence or justice and policing act. Maybe that's not a winning issue. And this is just one interview, just one interview where those two things, based upon what's happened with the Supreme Court just recently, might not be top of mind things. But I am imploring the Democrats to continue the messaging that if they get to 52, 53, 54, 55, that we can count on those things to come through. Because if not, 
it's going to hurt them in 2024 and it's going to hurt their standing with the with with the black community who is desperately asking for some of those issues to be addressed is it fair to say and this might go along with top of mind is it fair to say that the reason he didn't ask is because those aren't even up for a vote they're not up yeah Justice but we're talking policing act but we're talking about like, what would I, I get it you're right that's actually a good point but don't we have to remember that you are this is part of an unfulfilled agenda? Right. You know what I mean? You're 100% right. And I love that you brought it up that way. I was just saying I understood why he asked in that way and didn't bring those things up. But you're right. While you're out here running, you need to be running on those same platforms. I mean, on those same issues. All right. Um, that's enough. Uh, no mailbag. We'll do it Monday. Um, Rach is... Uh, in an airport prison right now. She's very she's stuck there. <laughs> very upset. Very upset. Baggage claim. You see that all the way up. Terrible. Terrible situation. People look for at me like I'm crazy. They say, they think they don't think you're doing a podcast. They think you have a makeshift microphone and you're sitting in the corner talking to yourself. Crazy. Um, okay, take the caps off, but do not stop learning. We will be back on Monday. Uh, I am Van Lathan Jr. I'm Rachel and Lindsay. Bye, guys.